0: maker of Minnesota friends and fans. We have a very special event coming up. I'm hosting a series of makers of Minnesota dinners at the Lexington in St. Paul. And I'm so excited. Not only will you be front and center with some of the best makers in the Twin Cities, but you'll be treated to a three course dinner compliments of Chef Antonio from the Lexington. And he'll be using the featured makers ingredients in all the courses that he's making for this special event. Our September dinner is Tuesday, September 28th. And tickets are $98. Our featured makers are the talented folks from Alamar Cheese, Red Table Meats, Bakersfield Flour and Bread, and Trace Leches in the food building in Northeast Minneapolis. We will be the exclusive diners in the restaurant for the entire evening, and you will mingle with me and your favorite makers and taste their wonderful products. And a special treat... You can even pre-order the first ever Makers of Minnesota holiday box filled with my favorite products from makers all around the Twin Cities. We'll have a limited number of tickets for this special event, and when they're gone, they're gone. So go to thelexmn.com and sign up via Eventbrite for the first Makers of Minnesota dinner featuring the talented makers of the food building, including the delicious cheese from Alamar Cheese. Breads from Bakersfield Flour and Bread, meats from Red Table Meats and Elixirs, and tinctures from Trace Lechase. Get your tickets now at thelexmn.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I love to talk with cool people doing cool things and i'm here with matt capra and alex dayton they are from element pasta and you guys i have the hardest time with your name of your company because i always think ailment where did you get the name of element because it looks like it may be something in italian
1: so yeah you can hear it in italian it's also like spanish like alimentar is the same So I Alex was kicking around the name like far before we even started this business. So definition behind it is to nourish.
2: It's
0: like
1: old English. It's like of Latin. Yeah, it's like to nourish and then you flip the I and the L and it's ailment and it's like you ail and then you switch the. So it's kind of interesting that way.
0: Okay. So I'm not completely crazy that I go right to ailment.
1: Right, so yeah, it's a, yeah, we always read it, but yeah, so it yeah, there's an Italian translation for it too.
0: How did you guys meet?
1: We first met line cooking at Barrio Edina. We were doing that opening there, and then we worked together again at Butcher and the Boar, and then that's when Alex met my wife's sister, Kate, um, and they got married. So yeah, now it's just a family affair.
0: Funny, so you're like in-laws.
1: Yeah. uh, So our wives are sisters.
0: Oh, I love it. That's kind of tricky, though, to be in business.
1: Family businesses are always, (laughs) always complicated, you know, so we uh, we figured out. Yeah. So, you know, for the two of us, like Alex runs a lot of like the creation operation side of it. And I do a lot of the back end, like business planning work. Alex's wife (laughs) supports us with customer service. And then my wife works in like organizational development. So she helps us keep on task and work through our family things and keep us keep us kind of moving forward.
0: I love it. It's pretty great that you guys ended up at food building because there's so many collaborative people there and it allows you to get that sort of shared benefit of knowledge of things that have worked, maybe things that haven't worked, things that make or struggle with. How often do you guys like Uh, shoot the shit as it were and actually talk about some of those things that happen in a business.
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, like we, it just kind of, it ebbs and flows. It just depends on the day and, and who's around. But I think that there's kind of a, there always seems to be, and what's really nice about being there is always, there seems to be always, somebody or or some group of folks talking about something or other. Um, I think for us, it's been good to be in a space where people are still like experimenting and creating, which allows us to experiment and create with new things. So I think it's been nice to be, you know, very collaborative in that respect for us. Like we're still very small and I would say like still very much like in like an incubation and growth stage So for us, it's a good reference point to have slightly mature, slightly more mature businesses, if you will, to kind of use as a reference point as we try to figure out how we scale this business.
0: So Alex, are you the person who's making these beautiful refrigerated fresh
1: pastas?
2: Yeah, most of it. I pretty much conceptualize all of our recipes and uh, yeah, the food development and pasta development. Um, Obviously, Matt does help me with the pasta production and things like that. So he's very much involved too with uh, making things. But that's definitely kind of where I come in. I wear the chef hat of the group and I kind of create the things and just like manage the production, our production during the week.
0: How cool is it to be right with Bakersfield flour? I mean, you're getting these beautiful artisanal milled flours to use for pastas. Is that something that you do you use them a lot? Do you use them all the time? How does that work?
2: Yeah, we uh, we use Bakersfield flour for all of our pastas. Um, a, couple, a few different ones. We've experimented with a couple of different ones, but I found some ones that really work the best for what we do. So our extruded noodles um, actually use their durum Flour, which is a sifted variety that we use and then they also started collecting semolina which is a really time consuming and low yield process so we're the only ones that use it right now which is pretty cool because semolina is kind of that that, uh, you know, it's like the grain. It's the gold of the grain, right? It's the middle of the berry. It's the sweet spot. That's like what makes the most high quality pasta. They're not quite sure if they can keep up with the scale of what we need. So we actually, Mm -hmm. the blend of the durum sifted and the semolina, it works out pretty well for us for our extruded. And then uh, for our filled pasta, we use the Edison sifted flour with a hard winter wheat. And that's what tends to work good for pasta doughs. Um, We use the red fife a little bit too. So Definitely was, all makers field flour.
0: I was just there today and looking at all of them and ended up, I buy their bread flour because, you know, everybody and sourdough, right? How did you get started? Uh, were you guys making pasta when you met at Barrio? Because I don't recall there being any fresh pastas on the menu or is that just something you started working with?
2: No, we did not do pasta at Barrio at all. Um, but uh, I, you know what, I was working at Burrow. So after Butcher and the Boar, I passed through the Kenwood for a second. And then I went to the burrow and opened over there and Joe Raleigh, huge pasta guy, loves pasta, started actually seeing fresh pasta made for the first time. And I don't know, I was just absolutely drawn to the creativity and like the versatility of what you can do with just dough, just plain dough, you know? And like, then I learned about the shapes and you can fill it. And it's, it just was something that I just saw so many different endless possibilities. And then from there, I always had this little knack for wanting to learn more about pasta and had an opportunity to go work at Flower and Water in San Francisco, which was amazing because it's all pasta. And I really learned a lot there. And ever ever since I've left Flower and Water, I've pretty much had this more centralized focus towards making pasta.
0: There was a local company that used to be in town that would sell at farmer's markets called Dumpling and Strand that made fresh pastas. They went into refrigerated, then they went into the freezer section, and then they eventually ended up dissolving the company because it was really hard for them. I mean, your fresh pastas are so beautiful and the filled ones just so luscious and creamy and amazing. Like, I feel like I'm sitting literally in your kitchen with you when I'm eating them. Can that translate to a, a frozen product or is it just refrigeration and is it trying to get to scale where you can make money as it were?
2: For us right now, the all of our pasta is fresh, but I, our filled pasta is technically, I call it fresh frozen because it is frozen because that's the way we are able to transport our product to the restaurants we go to and yep. the shelf life of it then um, stays a little bit longer for sure. Um, and then our extruded noodles, we, they can be, they can be frozen after a certain point, but we try and, we try and do those mostly fresh and just try and keep up with the couple of weeks, a couple times a week production with the restaurants we work with. We deliver a couple of times a week to make sure the product stays fresh and things like that. Cause also with heritage green, it's not preserved in any type way, shape or form. So it has the, the characteristic of oxidizing and the the color of the dough will change over time. So that's something we're honestly working on all the time to try and get our product ready to go to shelves and stores and getting more competitive there and things like that. Yeah.
1: And, And yeah, I think, you know, for us, we kind of like structured this, Businesses, we went into it to like really try to understand what the market is for this. Uh, You know, I think that for us, you know, a lot of it is trying to change customer perception of pasta, which has generally been like an enriched macaroni product, right? And Uh, cheap. And cheap, right? Um, And so I think, you know, a lot of it is trying to kind of change that perception of it as well um, and find where that market is. Um, yeah, and I think we're we're constantly trying to figure out scale. I think you know uh, w- what you see like on shelves now from like a fresh noodle standpoint is is a lot different than how we make pasta. Um, yes, you know, I would say like our fresh pasta is more attuned to dried pasta as opposed to a fresh noodle. A lot of those fresh noodles are are, are running through like laminators very similar to like our filled pasta, but different than our extruded, uh, and then gas flush and, and preserved to extend shelf life. So uh, from, for our, from our perspective, like the scaling part kind of goes into dried and starting to mechanize more of the process. I think we're constantly trying to butt up against of like when you really, when you scale, it's about mechanizing and being able to produce large volumes of pasta. to to kind of reach that right to make enough to make it work right so we're constantly trying to figure out like at what point are we starting to sacrifice the overall quality and the differentiator in our product so that's really that's the constant battle for us right like yeah and kind
0: of i imagine too like at what point it's fun and then at one point it's a machine you know what i mean
1: yeah totally You know. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the battle for the long, longest time. Like we, we do all of our, our pastas by hand. So like all of our filled pastas by hand, but it's, you know, it is expensive. We can't really get around that. Like when we make six to seven pounds an hour of filled pasta, whereas machine, you could be doing hundreds an hour. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's always the, you know, that's what we're always up against. And we constantly have to figure out our, you know, at least talk about right now um, what, what that looks like going forward.
0: I kind of feel like when I buy your product that it's like, I'm going out to eat, but I'm having it in the comfort of my own home. You know, I feel like it's a product that is as good as a restaurant. Actually, it's better than a restaurant. If I'm being perfectly honest, other than, you know, maybe Hyacinth who makes tremendous pasta and there's like a small handful of people, but I feel like when I get it, it's like a treat for myself And certainly with COVID, you know, because I really missed beautiful pasta, I missed fresh pasta, I missed filled pasta. And you guys filled that void for me. So when you came on board our meal at the Lex, I was really excited. Had you guys met Chef Antonio before?
2: Not before. No, it was just, it's actually what Matt was saying earlier, how we just are, we're just there working at the food building and the people that pass through there and the opportunities that kind of walk by in the hallway out there sometime are actually really cool. And Jill was just giving him a tour one day and um, introduced him to me when I was in there making pasta and kind of just went from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine him seeing you doing that and not wanting to get on board. So can yeah. you say what you're making for the dinner?
2: Uh, yeah, so we're going to we're gonna do Annie Lodi. He wanted to do Annie Lodi as a shape, and we're going to make uh, fromage blanc and, oh, boy, what salami was it, Matt? I think it
1: was pork queen when he wrote the menu as. So pork queen pork and fromage queen. blanc filled with
2: red table.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I mean, like, what a, like, ha, 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 between Alomar, red table, and you guys.
2: Boom. It's a great, this is a, a phenomenal example of exactly I think like how Kieran was thinking and to bring us in and like have us be there is because what we've always said too, is like pasta is like pasta is just the, is the vehicle that uses everything in this building already. And it kind of yep. all encompasses together in like one little shape. So it's pretty cool.
0: I cannot wait to have your pasta that night. I cannot wait to continue to be a customer. I'm a huge fan I was uh, at the store today at food building and looked in the refrigerator and there were only two packages left. So I thought that was pretty amazing. You must have a really good neighborhood business around there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the nice the nice thing there is like because like we're operating out of the space pretty regularly. We just kind of like as we do production runs, we just kind of rotate pasta through there. So um, the nice part is we're able to kind of just keep things really fresh and new and constantly rotate through because we're operating there, uh, which is nice. But yeah, we we have seen like we move a fair amount of extruded noodles through through Kieran's as well as filled. So yeah, it's been nice.
0: Besides Kieran's kitchen and obviously food building, are there any other restaurants you want to shout out that are using your product or is it sort of like on the down low, they don't want the customer to know?
2: No, I I think they're all pretty open about it. Um, if we're not on the menu, I think they do tell them where it comes from. I'm, I'm pretty sure, at least for the conversations that I've had with, um, some of our peeps, um, so Sidebar at Certix, and they oh, also yum. sell the market there. Sidebar actually does a really phenomenal job with our pasta. They go through, I think they might be our biggest account. They're, they do pretty well. And then you got Gianni's
1: out in YZ, Red Wagon Pizza. We um, yep. just started doing side, uh, stepchild right across the street from Sidebar. And then you can get retail stuff at Honey and Rye as well.
0: Okay. I love her too. That's where I get my sourdough starter.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, you'll be, you can get uh, fresh, the frozen filled pastas over there too. And yeah, we have a couple more in the works that should be out here soon. Soon. All
0: right. Well, just hit me up on the gram or on Twitter and I'll make sure to share because I want people to support you guys. Just love. And I look forward to having you with us at the dinner at the Lex. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you. It is Matt and it is Alex with Element Pasta. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.